Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in today. I am honored to be your guest. And just one week from today, Pastor Josh and I will enjoy the beginning of our Jubilee meeting here. Now, what is Jubilee? Well, for us, it's a great revival. We'll have at least 10 different speakers. They'll each speak one time during the week. Great preaching. Men from all over the United States and even Canada will have Pastor Gunther, Dr. Gunther here from Canada. We'll have folks from all over the U.S. that'll travel in to be with us. Some of the greatest preaching, revival preaching and revival fires is what we're praying for. Great singing. The Roland family will be with us. Others that will come in, join them. And we're just going to have a wonderful time in our Jubilee, February the 5th through the 8th. Begins one week from today. We want you to be here. I know Pastor Josh will say some more about that in just a few minutes as well. Hey, uh, questions come up. Why is everybody so afraid? You know, the pandemic hit, and some people call it the plandemic. There's a lot of credibility to that, but that hit and people became fearful. And they're still afraid, fearful on every side. Now, does that come from God? Well, the answer is no. And the answer comes from the Word of God, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, Paul's last letter to son Timothy, son in the faith now, that he says to him, God has not given us the spirit of fear. That fear, that cowering, cringing fear that grips your heart, that is not from God. Okay, what's the source of it then? Well, it has to be from Satan. He is the author of fear. He's the author of murder. He's the originator of murder. He's the originator of lies. So he's a liar. He's a murderer. The Bible tells us clearly these very statements about the devil. And he is the originator of fear. Fear never entered the human family till Satan showed up in the Garden of Eden. Remember? So when we have fear that causes us to cringe and and sudden fear often does that, that just comes suddenly to you or grips your mind and you're, you're shaking in your boots and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? That kind of cowering, cringing fear is a fear, my friend, God did not send. He gives us love, power, and a sound or focused mind. How we need that in these days. Yes, we need that love, the love for God first, knowing that God is good. God is great. He does not move from those two wonderful attributes. His very essence is goodness and greatness. His essence is love. His essence is holiness. He's good. He's great. He's holy. He's love. And that will never change about our Lord Jesus. Never, never, never. And we rejoice in that truth. He's given us love. He's given us power, courage, confidence, faith. And then when you love someone, the more you love them, the more faith and confidence you have in them. The more courageous you become when you speak of them. 
And he has given us a sound mind, a stable, a focused mind. We're not all over the place like our culture is today. I mean, my goodness gracious, men who think they're women, women who think they're men. And look how far our minds have gone in the horrible direction of Satan's lies and deception. No, that's not from God. We're not of God, not of Satan. We are of God. Hallelujah. We are of God. Let us not forget that, how blessed we are in these days to have the Word of God, to have truth that we can take and fill our minds and we won't focus on Satan's lies. Lord, help us to realize that fear is not from God. The fear of God, which is reverence, it's respect, it's the knowledge of who He is in His mightiness and His holiness. That, my friend, is so productive, but everything that Satan sends is negative. God is the positive light in a dark world. Hallelujah. I want to just introduce our program that way. Now, another question that has come up this week that's been asked, and here it is, uh, is God an unconditional ally to people or a nation or any person individually? Is he an unconditional ally to those who will not listen to him, to those who will not follow his word or his advice in his word? Is he an unconditional ally if folks disobey? Well, the word of God tells us no. There's so many uh, portions of scripture that will certainly give light on this, but I don't think there's anything better than what happened to the nation of Israel and how that they ceased to be an ally to God when they quit obeying His Word and following His commandments and following His direction and listening to Him. And they ceased to be an ally to Him. And then they lost their privileges from having Him as their ally. You see, as long as God is our ally, and can I say as long as we are an ally to, with God, we have all the privileges of God. Yes, hallelujah, we have protection, we have provision, we have blessings, we have a pathway that's made clear and plain before us, don't we? And when we have that, then thank God we are blessed. Our founding fathers knew this. In 1607, they knelt there at Jamestown, erected a cross, prayed and dedicated themselves to the furtherance of the gospel, and the gospel would be spread across the shores of that new land. And then every charter of the 13 colonies or 13 states, every one of their constitution and charters tells plainly they are trusting in Jehovah God. They're going to follow the principles of Jehovah God. They're going to look to Jesus in every way. That's in the constitutions. Go read them. I've read some of them of the first 13 colonies or 13 states uh, that we had in this great land. They all said we are going to follow God. Our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our founding documents all declare that we are going to follow God and His Word. I know that Vice President Harris last week misquoted 
well, purposely left out the fact of the Declaration of Independence. She quoted a portion of it, but she left out the fact of the Creator and the right to life. Oh, she did not have either one of those words in what she was saying. She only talked about liberty and happiness, but not the right to life and not the Creator. Of course, she's a strong abortionist. We know that. And she's pro of the murder of babies. We know that. But with that kind of with that kind of a statement, she purposely left out what our founding fathers decided when they started this nation. Or let me say it this way, when God started this nation, what they decided is it had to be based on God. God had to do it. There's no way in the world we could ever get our independence from the uh, fighting a battle against the greatest army on planet Earth at that time unless God did it. And the principles that God gave us, these wonderful principles that's in our Declaration of Independence, that's in our Constitution, it's in our Bill of Rights. And as I said, read the Constitution of the first 13 states, and it's full of that. Well, we are not following God, and God's not our ally unconditionally, so we cannot expect the privileges we've rejoiced in and had from Him during these years in the past. In 1962 and 63, we find that prayer in the Bible was removed out of school. In 1980, we know that the Ten Commandments were thrown out, so we no longer would retain God in our knowledge. And then, lo and behold, in 2015, the destruction of the family Marriage now between anybody, anything, literally anything is what they're fighting now in some of the states. But I said that to say this, my friend, you and I, you and I as believers know that God is always with us, never to leave us. He's promised, lo, I'm with you always, continually. That is my God. But when it comes to a nation, he is not an unconditional ally. And you and I are being the ones accused today. Believers are being accused as being the problem when it's not the case. I read in 1 Kings chapter number 18 this week that uh, uh, Elijah faced a similar accusation. Here was King Ahab. Israel was prospering at the time until the famine came, the drought came, no rain came. God was sending judgment, and he used Elijah to announce that that judgment was coming, and it didn't rain on the earth for the space of three and a half years. It didn't rain, and so Elijah announces that in chapter 17, You get to chapter 18, and he faces King Ahab. Remember, it's King Ahab and Jezebel. Got to put Jezebel in there because she's actually running the kingdom. But then Ahab meets Elijah in chapter 18 of 1 Kings. And here's what he says. It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Are you the one causing all these problems You're the one. There he is blaming the believer. And that's what's happening today. Blaming the Christians, blaming the believers. We are called every name that you can name out there today by the culture of today, by the progressives, by the left-wingers. We're called every name as believers except godly names and good names. We're called the problem. 
Are thou he that troubleth Israel? I love what Elijah said. He answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. He says, you have ceased to be God's ally, then you cannot expect God to be an unconditional ally, and you lose the privileges. And that's exactly what has happened to Israel, what happened to Israel. And we see that God moved from being an ally to Israel to actually in some ways an ally to their enemies in bringing judgment and actually correction to them. Habakkuk realized that and said, God, you're, you, are using, you are using these nations for judgment and for correction. Habakkuk saw it clearly what was happening. He saw that God was moving his privileges and his blessings off of Israel, and he was going to allow nations to come in and bring judgment and correction against the nation of Israel. Habakkuk saw it, but I love what Habakkuk said. He said, Lord, you're still my strength. He got up in his watchtower. He's going to see what God's going to do. And Habakkuk says, you're my strength, Lord. You are my song. You're my deliverer. You're my God. You are my Lord. I am looking to you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say today, let us stay focused. We as believers, we're on the winning side continually. We win. We win because we have Jesus. Hallelujah. And what we want to do, it's not just to declare we win. It is to speak the truth to our nation, speak the truth everywhere. The truth shall set you free. Lies is what Satan uses to blind the minds of them that will not believe. He uses his lies. Remember, he's the father of lies, of liars. He is the originator of lies. He's the originator of murder. Old Satan is all of these. And we read that in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul tells us he's blinded the minds of folks who won't believe. But today, our nation needs the truth more than ever. And we have it. So let's be faithful to put it out there, okay? I believe I'm going to be determined more than ever in this new year to share the truth of the gospel and the truth of God everywhere that I go. Well, Pastor Josh is coming now to share some great truths with you. So to stay tuned and listen closely. Well, thank you, Pastor Brad. And thank you to our listening audience. We are so glad that you have joined us and grateful to have you with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. And as Pastor Brad said at the very beginning, just one week from today begins our annual Jubilee Revival Meeting, and we are looking forward to that. We invite you to worship with us in person. The services will also be streamed online for those who cannot make it to the services in person through our website and also through other platforms such as our Facebook page and YouTube channel. And so we're looking forward to a great week. We have a tentative schedule available on our church website as well as on our church Facebook page. And we would love for you to come and be a part of our Jubilee 2023. And as I think about Jubilee and I think about how special it is to me, a highlight of my year, I always enjoy it. 
and for various reasons that I've, I've shared here before with you. But the topic and the idea of revival often comes to my mind. And thinking about America in Bible prophecy, and it's no secret that American prophetic Bible preachers and teachers struggle to place America in Bible prophecy. And why is that? Uh, There is obscure, can I say obscure at best, references to America in Bible prophecy. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, where it speaks of Gog, who is the ruler of the kingdom Magog, which many believe to be Russia, and her allies will come down against Israel, a Middle Eastern partnership that focuses on coming down against Israel. And in that passage, it talks about perhaps a reference to Great Britain and mentions the young lions that are with them, and which could be a reference to the nations that have come out of Great Britain, perhaps the United States and Australia, some of these others, just for instance. But there's no real specific mention, and others point to some other passages here and there, but obscure at best references. Now, we wonder, why is this? And in my mind, I see two options, and it could go one way or the other. It could go towards the way of destruction. You know, perhaps something like a COVID rears its ugly head again, and we are staring down more and more and more sickness and death and division, perhaps even some suggest a civil war perhaps breaks out and America is literally killing each other off one by one by one by one and our nation gets to such a place where it is so weakened that we are no longer a major player. And that could be the way that our nation goes. If Pastor Brad was speaking about earlier, is God obligated to the United States of America to bless her, to protect her, to prosper her? No, he is not obligated to her or to any other nation for that matter. And so we see that it could go that way of just going down the same debauchery, sinfulness, wickedness, anything goes. You live your life any way you want to. And just as Rome crumbled first from within and then was conquered by her enemies, America seems to be crumbling from within through our sinfulness, through our selfishness, through all these different areas. Whatever we want to do, is what we do, and we pursue the pursuit of happiness, and we view happiness as being self-centered. What makes me happy? What fulfills my goals, my dreams, my plans? It's all about the individual, and it's all about me. We could go that way. But also, as Pastor Brad shared, that powerful verse, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Even if our nation continues to go down that path, we as Christians do not have to live in fear. We do not have to live in anxiety. We do not have to live in worry over what is going to happen. We must keep our eyes on the Lord. 
But as we do that, there is a second option. And I like to think about that because it is a positive option. Could it be the reason that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy is because a great move of God's Holy Spirit comes across this world and across our land, and we see a great stirring, a great revival within the church. Revival is for the church. Please don't misunderstand the term that I use there. And as I've shared here before, I believe that we need a gospel revival in the American churches, getting back to the good news of Jesus Christ and why it really is great news for this world. You know, the world is searching for meaning, for identity, for purpose in this life, trying to figure out what's going to happen to me after I die. What is ahead for me after I die? People don't know the answer to that, but we have the good news through Jesus Christ. And he has said these things are written so that you may know that you have eternal life. First John chapter 5 tells us that. And Jesus came to give us life and came to give us life everlasting. And we can have that through him. But the revival that this uh, that America needs is a revival within the church that brings us back to God, focuses us back on Jesus, preaching and teaching the good news of Jesus Christ, which is the answer for America and for this world. You know, I, I praise God when I hear reports of things happening in China, in other nations in Asia even in the Middle East, in some of those dark countries, or what we consider to be dark countries spiritually. But even among Muslim populations, there's reports that by the dozens, they're turning their lives over to Christ. Even in places in Africa and other parts of the world, there are stirrings, and God is saving many souls, and God is working in a special way. I praise God for that. But here in the Western world... We need a revival, not of religion, but of a relationship back with Jesus, getting our focus back on him and let that spill out of us and us live like a beacon of hope into this dark world. In my mind's eye, I picture a lighthouse, and I hope that I can describe this for you. So perhaps what I'm picturing in my mind, you can picture in your mind as well. But imagine with me, if you will, there's a lighthouse on the shoreline. It's anchored firmly in a, a grove of rocks, big, massive rocks that is surrounding this lighthouse's foundation. It's anchored strong in the rocks. It's dark. It's night. There's a storm howling. The wind is absolutely ferocious. The rain is blowing sideways. It is, a, it is a gusty, stormy, dark night. Lightning is flashing. And here is this lighthouse shining brightly. It is clean. It is pure. The light is bright and going out. 
And there are people on the sea in vessels that are being tossed to and fro by the waves. They're searching for answers. They're searching for direction. They're searching for meaning and hope and a lifeline. And we are there with a beacon of hope shining brightly, piercing into the darkness, saying, over here is the way, here is the shore, come this direction. And we are pointing them to Jesus Christ. I see that as a picture of the church in the days that we live in. But the church needs to have that strong foundation so that she will not be blown off course. What is that foundation? It is none other than Jesus Christ himself. We are anchored in Christ. We are rooted in Christ. And we are founded upon the solid rock who is Jesus Christ. And so we are clinging to him. We are focused on him. And the light that we are shining brightly is the glorious light of his good news to go out into this dark world to point the way to the one who is the light. He is the one who purifies us. He is the one who cleans us. He is the one who sustains us. You know, a lighthouse has to have somebody to keep her going, to keep making sure that the windows are clean, if you will, and that the light can get out in a bright way. Sin can really put a damper on our witness, can it not? Sin can stop and hinder the light from shining as brightly as it could. And so when we get right with God, we are cleansed by the Spirit, and the light can shine out of us. When are the moments that you feel like you can praise God the most, or you can give a strong testimony of faith in Jesus Christ? It's perhaps, I've seen this more, when somebody repents of their sin, they get right with God, and they know they've had a breakthrough in their spiritual life, they've renounced their sin, they've made a fresh commitment to Christ, whatever the case may be, that's when you hear them praising God, on fire for God, witnessing to others, telling the good news. They're shining brightly because they are clean. They are pure before the Lord. And can I say that's my prayer for our Jubilee, but not just for our meeting at our church, but for our sister churches, and that we would all experience this and that this would be the hope for America is that America would turn to Jesus Christ and that God would purify his church and found his church firmly anchored in Jesus Christ, like that lighthouse shining into this darkness. Dear friend, America needs us to live for God and to root ourselves in God so that we can shine our light to them and show them there is a way out of this mess. There is a way of hope. There is a way away from sin, away from despair, away from discouragement, away from hopelessness. We have meaning, we have purpose, we have identity, and it's all found in the person of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not about what you do or what I do. I'm not preaching a workspace system. God knows my heart. And it's only through what Jesus Christ has done. We must call upon him, ask him to forgive us of our sins, to save us. 
We had a missionary with us last Sunday that does Bible institutes in Africa, and they train and teach pastors. And did you know in their pastor institutes that they saw dozens of pastors saved? You heard me right. Dozens of pastors getting saved? I think we need to see the same thing in America because there's many pastors who do not understand the good news of the gospel. And I say many, not in reference to the majority, but we know from statistics that at least a third of American pastors have said that being good enough is good enough to get you into heaven. We know that is unbiblical. So I'm praying for a great move of God within our churches in America that would spread out like a lighthouse, shining the way in the darkness to the lost world so that they would see the good news and respond to the good news while we still have time. I still believe there is hope for America because Jesus is the one who is still on the throne. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.